Hey, I'm Dr. Kate Wong. And I'm Tiara Mitchell. And, and you are listening to, to the Holistic Hope Podcast. We invite you to join us and our village in conversations rooted in wellness and health so that we may grow a community of generational healing through love. I've actually, when we were in San Diego, I woke up in the middle of the night saying, clarity and cleanliness, clarity and cleanliness. You can't have clarity without cleanliness. Like, I don't know. <laughs> and like, it, it, like I did it for about, it felt like an hour. I was just clarity and cleanliness. Like, <laughs> I just kept going. <laughs> but, and so because that happened, I've been reflecting on it. Like, damn, what was, what was I going through to where in the middle of the night, I'm talking about clarity and cleanliness, you know, like, but that is something I noticed I have been doing for the last two years. So two years is really significant because that was the first time Kenny left. So, you know, we were separated all year last year, but the year before that we were separated for a good six months. Mm-hmm. And um, so during that time, there was a pastor at ours going on. She's like, well, I sense that your house has a lot of dust and clutter around so I'm looking and I'm like, yeah, it does. And, um, you know, she's like, you need to clean, you need to clean like down to the baseboards and blah, 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 blah. And I remember thinking like, yeah, I used to do that and it was really stressful, right? And that was why I had stopped and that's how the clutter built up because I was just tired of stressing over a clean house. Mm-hmm. And then, so she said that it didn't really click, but somewhere along the line, I started to realize that the clutter was impacting my ability to think clearly, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, and then I remembered when I worked at the mental health nonprofit, <laughs> being a communications coordinator, it was my job to go to events, you know, like if they were health events or online events or whatever, attend different events and then report back with the information so that I can make blogs and things out of it, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, I went to one and it was on hoarders, right? And so I'm in there and they start showing the screens of everything. And we're not talking about hoarding anymore. We're talking about just straight up clutter. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're showing how like countertops and things look. And when I say I got so full of anxiety seeing it, because in that moment, and then we're talking about how it connected with our mental health. In that moment, I realized, fuck, I have a problem. You know, (laughs) like it was in that moment where I was like, holy shit. And it was so much, too much to, like, even now I can feel my tears coming Mm -hmm. because it was too much to take in at that moment, like to, to even make the connection of how, I grew up like that, not knowing that it was anything wrong with it. And then like, I've been struggling, like at that point I had been struggling with trying to keep a house clean, not understanding that it was more of a a mental thing going on, a mental disorder happening within me that I needed to like check before I could really move forward with anything. Yeah. And then I remember leaving the presentation, not, I didn't stay. I couldn't stay anymore. Like, that's how bad it was. I couldn't stay. I got my stuff and I left. And I was like, I'm just going to have fun in the city today. And my higher self, my Tierra in her right mind, checked me and was like, so, you know, this means we're going to have to come back to this clutter thing. 
Like you can't run away from this for the rest of your life. You know, we're going to have to address this. Right. And I was like, yeah, just not today. Like that was really how I felt about it. Like I understand, but just not today. I have too much. And like me and Kenny weren't separated or anything, but I was pregnant. You know, Madeline was in daycare, just like all this other stuff. It was just a lot going on. So I was just like, not today. This is not something I'm worrying about today. Mm-hmm. So then you fast forward to all the separation, the lady telling me all that stuff. Cleaning and decluttering is honestly what I feel like led to me really getting to a well space because it was as I could clean and declutter, it not only allows time for like reflection going through this stuff, but then there's also like, if you watch Marie Kondo and the way she talks about her cleaning process, and it's a very spiritual process. If you actually research how she came up with it, she passed out and she said, God told her, this is how you have a clean house. And if you really listen to what she's saying, it's the spiritual practice of gratitude. You know, Mm -hmm. you start the whole process, you bow down at the front door of your house and you're just, thank your space for being a safe space for your home. And then you go into the decluttering process with the intention of, because this is a safe space, because my home honors me, I'm going to honor my home by caring for it. And then even when you're going through all your things, you know, it's not a process of, oh, I'm throwing this away. I'm throwing this away. It's you keep the things that spark joy within you. And that's how it came, came up with this name. And then the things that don't have that spark, you let go. And this is the part that was interesting. A lot of people on the show, and I could totally relate to this feeling, when they would get something and it didn't spark joy, they would say, oh, this this doesn't spark joy, but I want to keep it, Mm -hmm. right? And when I was watching the show, I didn't quite understand what was going on. And so I went through it and that I want to keep it it's like, um, it's scarcity, it's fear, it's all those negative emotions, those low vibe emotions are attached to that item. Yeah. You know, and it's more of a symbol of, if I let this go, then what? Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's, it's, a, it's a, a metaphor for kind of moving on with your life kind of thing, you know? And so with this being the cleanliness, the, the super moon with clean, I have been thinking a lot about this spring cleaning and everything, but I don't think there are a lot of conversations that happened around how cleaning is or can be used as a wellness practice when it's done with the right intention. Mm-hmm. So now when I clean my house, it's not stressful. It's actually really therapeutic because I've determined for myself that when I clean, I'm being intentional about being grateful for all these items that are in my possession to care for. Like down to when I fold my husband's clothes, I'm grateful that he's here for me to have his clothes to fold, you know, like, cause he could not be here, you know? Yeah. And then the dishes, I used to, girl, I used to hate how messy the dishes got. But now to me, they're a sign of how happy my house is. You know, like we're always happy because we always have this good food. And like, as I'm washing the dishes, I think back to like how much the girls enjoyed that oatmeal or, you know, how we laughed about this at the table, you know, but it's, it's a shift. And I think when people are cleaning, it's, it's interesting. It's a good 
to really identify what's going on with you and how you're relating to the world because your home environment is a good reflection of that. Mm-hmm. You know, so like to keep using me as an example, I've decluttered a lot. You know, I have my first little <laughs> plant space set up and everything and I'm finally getting to where like I feel like my house is feeling like a home where before we just had boxes and clutter and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then like, you know, I have this one space that looks nice, but if I look this way, I see that, you know, to actually make this space, I had to gonna shred this, I need to go through, you know, like it's organized. And so now with the mindset of my environment as a reflection of how I'm relating to the world, I can definitely agree that in life and how I'm relating to the world right now is I'm, I'm figuring shit out, you know, like I'm getting it together. I'm putting it in place. I'm putting it in order. And then I have the projects where it's like, I am going to deal with this, but right now I have to actually focus on this. Mm-hmm. And I feel like my house is a good reflection of that. Cause you can see the areas in which I have established very well, because it's where we flow a lot through. And you can see the areas in which I'm like, Oh, I'll figure that out later. And that's literally what's going on in my head. Like mm-hmm. I can tell you that is what's going on in my head with everything in life. Yeah. Like not just home to kind of like switch it towards the other end so I I don't know if I've ever mentioned it but I used to be a case manager for the elderly and yeah. so uh when you talk about hoarding I I took a what's it called um those the conservatories which are guardians for um people or adults mm-hmm. right and so um in that class or that class and for Marie Kondo as well like others other hoarding like shows it's like the aspect of holding on to something because of scarcity, like you mentioned, right? And holding on to something because you feel like you're, you need this like foundation, physical foundation to help you live life and almost like a security. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I definitely know like there's certain periods in people's lives, like either, you know, you're older in your 60s and you went through like communism or you were like, you know, really much older and you went through like after World War II, you can tell because I was just a case manager where I visited people's homes as well. Mm-hmm. And we actually cleared um, someone, an elderly man's home. I think he was, he was maybe like 80 something and his whole house. Oh my gosh. Like when you walk in, like you see those hoarding episodes, like imagine like, two, like, I mean, it's basically the same thing, but it's an elderly person who has no idea what's going on. Cause he, you know, is has dementia you know all these different things can't you know take care of himself and you walk in on the left side there's a whole nice living room humongous living room but it's filled up to the top the brim like literally where like the ceiling light high ceiling lights of boxes and then when the people cleared it up on the bottom (laughs) i stepped on like a really hard rat it was disgusting it was like you know how a rat like it like dies right i guess it died underneath the i don't know the box and it was like just hard, like a carcass that just like hardened. It's like, I don't know how long it's been there because it doesn't, I don't know, it smells because it's like the whole house smells. And, then and that's probably why the whole house smells because there's dead dead rodents. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you walk into the kitchen, it's like so dark and gloomy. And then you see he, obviously like when you're elderly, there's like people that recycle and all these different things and have these, you know, milk jugs. And like, for some reason, I don't know what it is, but he had this milk jug cut up in pieces I guess he's trying to recycle it, whatever it is, into different bags. And it was really gross. It was like they had, he had like 
containers of yellow liquid in each one of them, like on the side of the um, the kitchen floor on the edge. And I was like wondering why that is. And then when you walk into his his bedroom, he has this perfectly spaced out place. Everything is like clothes everywhere. And then there's the part where you know where he slept. And then right next to it is piles, like a human-sized pile of underwear, like white undies, just piled up. But you know he slept on the other side because it, it was empty for that part. And, then, and when I walk in during that time, I was thinking, how insecure does he feel? Like how much does he feel like all this needs to be there in order for him to feel comfortable, to feel yeah. safe? And so when you're, when, uh, in a sense, when we're talking about Marie Kondo, be grateful, like he doesn't even have the capacity at this age, at this time frame of his life right now to, you know, say, I am grateful that for this and let this go and release it. He has to hold on. He's been holding on for so long, this whole time. And so when you talk about like being aware, like I'm so grateful that we have this like mindset, this framework, this ability to be aware of what's going on because a lot of people aren't aware of a lot of things because he thought it was totally normal he literally shoot people away because uh he didn't want people to touch his stuff which yeah. makes sense mm-hmm. but he didn't realize how awful it was because it was dangerous there's like rat poop there's like all these different things that you know are bad for him like the literally the conservator like lured him away for a doctor's appointment in order for like to clear everything, but imagine how awful it was too to come to back come to back. a place. It was all gone. It was all gone with this, this yeah. like security. Yeah. But then versus us being aware one at a time, how we can be grateful for it and then release it. That's like like a benefit for us who are yeah. more aware. And so I thought that was like a good transition from like the different like um you know, like you're saying, just to have the ability to be able to tap into that awareness and still do something about it. Like, I feel like just if we want to talk like tie gratitude deeper into it, it's something that I, when I was little, used to irritate my soul when people would be like, I woke up today, so I'm grateful. It was like, well, duh, you know, like it would really <laughs> irritate me. But now without that, teenage immaturity mindset you know I truly like you know I got it then but I just thought people were being extra when they said it but now (laughs) like I truly get it because hey no I have to wake up today like there are people who die in their sleep there are people who have aneurysms overnight there are people whose houses get broken in like you just never know what could happen so yes you waking up is great but then like to even go deeper than that like to wake up, to have full function of your limbs, to be in your right mind, to be able to make these decisions, to care for yourself, to not have to rely on other people for your care. Because I think I even did a um my live yesterday for Earth Day. You know, my lives, I don't go on a script. I just kind of go like how I feel. And um, what I found myself wanting, wishing I had script out a little bit was how like going back to being in a mindset to understand something's going on with you and then still being able to do something about it. Mm -hmm. Because there was a time where when everything in my world was crashing down, I didn't realize how I was coming off to people because I didn't realize that something was wrong with me. You know, like 
yeah, my mental health was bad, but I didn't know my mental health was bad because it had taken a while for my mental health to get that bad. So by this time, I had conditioned myself to believe this is just how life feels. You know, you grow up and it's not fun anymore. It's miserable. And so that's just what I thought happened. And then growing up, that's pretty much the story that was told to me. You know, you grow up and when you're not a kid anymore, life gets real and life isn't fun. And so now my young adult self is playing that story out in life, you know? So when things were going wrong and my mental health declined and I had people who, you know, looking back on it now, I understand what was happening was they were creating distance between me and them because however I was acting was, didn't feel good to them. And like, now what I notice is I have a lot of, um, resentment towards those people because it was people like I was really close with and I resent that they didn't even say you know Tara what's going on with you because I don't like being around you anymore Mm -hmm. you know and it wasn't until years later after we're no longer talking you know and I'm still trying to understand what happened in that relationship and I've reached out and you're still not talking to me and now I'm understanding you know oh well I was going through a lot then, so probably how I was acting wasn't that great to be around. And my resentment being, you know, I wish you would have said something to me, A, not so we could still be friends, but B, so I could take care of myself. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's the part that hurts me the most is you only cared about how uncomfortable I was making you feel. You didn't care enough about me to say, hey, Tiara, are you okay? You know, and then to find out when I wasn't okay and I'm, and you say, reach, you know, reach out if you need help. And then when I reach out, you ghost on me, Mm. stop answering my calls and stuff. And so because of all that, like I've been reflecting on that a lot for the last six months or so. And with all of that, it does make me extremely grateful to say, I have this ability to be aware of what's going on within me. I love now that I can look at my house and say, hmm, you've gotten pretty dirty. Let's clean up, but let's also check in with Tiara. What's what's going on? Why did you let the house get like this? You know, like maybe you are just busy, but were you busy or was something else going on Mm -hmm. that kept you from focusing on what? Yeah, just to make sure like which which Mm -hmm. part is it that's affecting you. And so now cleanliness has become a wellness indicator for me because I know for me, I like clean, you know, but I also know that that's one of the first things that'll go out the window when I'm not doing well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good, good marker to check on because a lot of people, different people have different markers, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so, and then yeah, in regards to, <laughs> yeah. and when we talk about uh, our friends not being there yet like they say that they're being there it's almost as if um you know sometimes I think of this different people as different seasons of our lives like a lot of times they say certain things to you know because they want to be that kind of person yet they can't deliver that kind of you know effect or action or whatever it is I personally try not to um criticize too much on it because a lot of times it's they can't handle that at that time. If they could handle, they most likely would um, kind of step up and do certain things. Obviously not saying bad for anyone in general. And a lot of times when, from I know when certain people in different lives, I, it's almost as if you're pruning like 
you know your plants it's like sometimes mm-hmm. those those friends you kind of um out, outlive in a sense in order to get new kind of other friends and then you learn something different and sometimes you may need a little bit more pain in order to realize some something that you need to evolve into and certain times when you're in around certain circles you may not be in the capacity where you could kind of you know transition or transform something else that you you know w- would otherwise be stuck in because if we're stuck we don't grow since we prune and all these different things kind of transition from where that we were to where we are now that is like opportunity for transformation because then you could see you can literally react to it obviously a lot of people react to it or we can look at it in a way it's like okay this is happening let's see how we can learn from that lesson because there's we can react any kind of way and then you choose to react however you want to react you know from that that situation i guess yeah i would definitely say i mean i feel like that's a really good life thing to remember in life in general you know like I like the saying, I think Dana says it a lot, new levels, new devils. <laughs> yeah. You know, every time, every, like how we were just saying when we started, you know, when I first started my meditating and everything, it was super easy for me to stay disciplined with it and enter into the state I wanted to be in. And now because I've come out of practice, it's not, but new level, new devil. I've gotten to the point where meditating is a really solid tool for me. Now the new devil is my discipline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But discipline is something I'm very aware of in life that always is a challenge for me. Yeah. That's why it's a practice that we have to in the skies. Yeah. I'm too. (laughs) (laughs) Baby, I can't, you can't do that. (laughs) Got to fall out in the lap. You did. I think when she's asleep, she still thinks she's like one. I know it's comforting when you feel like you're one all the time. You're just like uh-huh. into like certain areas. It's like, and then and talking back to that topic is when we are in that line of go- going towards that goal, when we transition off of that line, it's just like, oh, oh, wait, we're off that line. That's how to get back towards there. It's like, unless, so when people are on that line and they're not aware they're off the line, that's the, the issue that is not really an issue it's more like a learning experience in my opinion that you're yeah. on off. but then when you get back on you're like oh okay I just need to get back on because it's a different like it's a different level that we need to get towards mm-hmm. this is how it is it's like you know game <laughs> like a game of life <laughs> the game of life and I know we started all this with like you know the clutter talk mm-hmm. but I think the biggest thing I really took away was how you you said um, I actually said this to Kenny the other day how we have this tendency to rely on the physicalness of everything so like having those physical items for a hoarder is the security blanket in a way and something that I know with Soul Signature it's one of the things that I want to elude through all of our materials is how that everything you need to survive is within you already, mm-hmm. you know? And I know, again, this goes back to my li- days as a little girl in church, I would hear, you know, God will supply all of your needs. And there's a Bible verse that says, like, does the bird worry about when he's going to eat? And don't quote me on that. I don't quote that Bible verse. It's, <laughs> that's not how it really goes. It's along those lines, but <laughs> 
pretty much saying the Bible verse was telling you to compare yourself to a bird and how when a bird gets up, it trusts that its food's going to be there. It trusts that its shelter's going to be there. Everything's taken care of and then grow. I like to write notes to myself, right? So, you know, I'm cleaning up, going through my notes. I found a piece of paper. I had wrote all these notes on about how God will give you what you need just for that one day mm-hmm. because you just have to focus on today. And so saying all of that to say how this morning I woke up really wanting to talk about uh, when you have big goals to focus on what's in front of you first. It's like driving, you know, like when you drive, you do have to scan, you have to be aware of what's around you. You have to be aware of the road ahead. You kind of got to look behind you because you got to make sure no crazies are coming up, you know, from behind you or anything like that. But if you're too distracted with keeping your eye on everything and you're not focused on the road, you will crash. Mm -hmm. You know, like you still have to, you have to be able to anticipate all these things, but still have the focus to be in the moment Mm -hmm. and to trust, you know, that everything you need to get through is already here with you. And so that was something Kenny and I ended up talking about was how um, I was talking about crystals Mm -hmm. and how people will rely on crystals to be the power source, but it's like, you're the battery for the crystal. You understand that, right? Like the power is in you and the crystal is just a tool, Mm -hmm. you know? So those are the big ones I'm having, like comparing how this is with this being the super moon and Scorpio, this is a good time for spring cleaning. And with spring cleaning, it brings a nice time to set these kind of, not intentions, but more reflections. Yeah, because things can come up, right? Mm -hmm. When we do the spring cleaning, when we see this, memories come up for the object, whatever it is. (laughs) Do we let it go? Do we like release it? Do we keep keep it because we love it and we enjoy it? Yeah, (laughs) it's definitely a lot of things that come up during that time. (laughs) You know, going back to the whole energy principle, like energy attracts like energy. And as a matter of fact, the thing that made me say every single time I do the dishes, I'm going to do so with gratitude was seeing a loved one of mine do the dishes. And she was angry that she had to do the dishes. And so she was, she was like literally washing the dishes. And I just, remember feeling how I felt the kitchen got real tense and all of a sudden like it just was uncomfortable to be there and in that moment I was like I don't ever want to bring these energy to my dishes Mm -hmm. like I I I don't I don't want to be the reason why my kitchen now feels like a hostile place because I'm angry over dishes Mm -hmm. you know and so and I realized though like getting angry over dishes is easy when you don't like to do the dishes you know, so I had to reframe the way I looked at doing the dishes. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't, I would, I feel it's just a really good lesson in how simple shifts can really change your atmosphere, like change your environment. And you know, everything I've been saying with how growing up, I would hear this and I would just be like, whatever, it's, you're just full of it, you know, and now makes all the sense in the world because it's not like that 
you know, that fairy tale of everything will provide be provided to you. You know, it doesn't mean that you wake up and then all of a sudden there's a table with a plate of food on it, but it means that you have to trust that all things work together for your good. And that because all things work together, you will attract anything you need to survive. And it is a mindset to be in because when you are in that mindset, I'm sure you've experienced it where things just flow to you. You can't really explain it, but you're like, hey, I got all these things I wanted and I really just said it once, you know, like I just kind of randomly said it and now all I have it. And then I've, I know I've had the experience where I'm thinking I'm good at manifesting or attracting things and I realize I'm forcing it. And so I'm not allowing myself to be cared for, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And then going back to the whole manifesting aspect of it too, it's like, it's not like I just said it and like put out in the world and that's it. I felt like the little things I've done for it, like respond to this email that aligned with what I was going to do. Like, and then those little things, not like you just do it and you just lay in your bed and that's it. (laughs) That's like not how it comes, but it's more like you have an idea of where you want to, oops, where you want to kind of head towards. And then those little actions that you're going to do towards there makes it all kind of pile up and accumulate on top of each other. And eventually it feels like a whole magical thing that just happened because you supposedly thought about it two years ago, but in reality, all the little things that you chose to do, decided to do, whatever it is, went towards like almost like a scatter plot towards that area, what your goal is or what you wanted in general. You, you clear to make room for the things you want in life, you know, and that's actually something I've been talking to my daughters a lot about. They want all these awesome things in their room, right? But we still have all these other awesome things they've accumulated in their life. And they don't want to let these things go. And so when we've been cleaning, how I can get them to go ahead and release the things is say, well, remember when you told me you wanted this one thing? Where are we going to put it? You know, like we, we have no space for it. Where are we going to put it? Where's it going to go? If it doesn't have anywhere to go, you can't play with it or it's going to end up broken and you know like going through what could happen well is the same energetically you know when when we're doing the spring cleaning like yes it's a physical action but if you set your intention to it it's also an energetical thing because your physical and your energy your spiritual are aligning with the agreement of we're going to get rid of the things that are no longer serving us in life. Just like you were saying, the pruning so that we can have room for more of the wonderful things we're ready to experience. Yeah. And even yeah. like old stories that got attached to those objects that, you know, we grew from like, okay, you know, I learned from this lesson and then those objects, those things release the stories that kept us in this old older like room of like older toys in a sense right mm-hmm. you know like one-year-old toy or like whatever it is when you're like eight <laughs> you know that, that's like almost like the same concept right <laughs> yeah and I like how you said that too because that was how my altar became one of my favorite places in the house was I started putting objects on there that reminded me of even of some of the things like you were saying it was painful but I'm glad I went through it Mm -hmm. because I wouldn't be who I am, you know? So it's like a way to honor 
that and it sits on my altar and then like for the things that I only want to see, but I kind of like maybe one day when I open up and reflect on, I have a box for mm-hmm. and it, it goes into the box. And that's something else that Marie Kondo says is like, you want to make your items, you want to feature them in your house because these are the things that spark joy for you. You know, that's one of the reasons why I'm so big on print your photos, because when you see these pictures and you have it hanging this big over your one of the places in your house you visit the most it puts this feeling of joy in you all the time so like you can really be pissed off walking through the door put your keys down and on your mantle you see this big beautiful picture of like whatever one of your favorite family photos and you're just like oh you know like you may still be pissed off but you're not as pissed off because you just saw that that one thing that makes you go oh you know be it a trinket be it a picture whatever but I think that is the big magic of cleaning is once you clear and you make space, now you can set things up to be like your recharge area. Yeah. You know, like you can have the things all around your house that just make you go, oh, that spark joy, just like she says, that spark joy in you. And it's an intention, you know, it goes beyond cleaning because now when you can set your home up to be the place that recharges you to have the energy to do all these amazing things in life then imagine when you leave out into the world to do those things you have the energy to go out and do those things and be security again to recharge I love how like you transition that to it's almost like how feng shui works in a sense and I obviously don't know exactly all the different details of feng shui but when you say like when you go into a room certain objects of where it's placed, certain colors kind of imitate to where you want to be, like that 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 feeling that you want to have. Because when people ask me like, oh, you know, is it is it true that when you start going to a chiropractor, you have to always go to a chiropractor? And then in my sense, obviously I'm biased because I'm a chiropractor, but it's almost as if, you know, when you are um, injured, do you, how long does it take you to recover? whether you're sitting too long or you're in a car accident, even if you're mentally stressed, going into a room without all these different things that remind you that, you know, you know, life is love and all these different things too, that stress keeps may keep you in a certain posture, certain kind of physical state where you're constantly putting pressure on your body, causing inflammation, and then all these different things have a certain kind of presentation for it. But if we even you know our our house our whatever it is that we place that reminds us that this is not stuck it's not stress it's it's it can flow through you that can even be one of the reasons why you know you might see a chiropractor less because you're not as stressed you can actually get, get through and adapt your in, through your stress to where your body can take in whatever it needs to take in and then release what it needs to release and so that's, I feel like that's like a perfect segue in general transition to our next episode um, for next week. But that is like, that's when people ask me, I'm like, it's so hard for me to say, cause like, like as a photographer, like do you capture every moment? It's like, well, if you want to, you know, depends on how you work, right? Depends on what works for you. Sometimes Reiki is better. Sometimes, you know, acupuncture is better. Sometimes it depends on what works best for you to um, adapt through stress. And sometimes, 
people reflect it, especially kids in my um, my profession and work, when they feel less stress, tension in their body, they express more joy and more happiness. And so, I mean, it depends on the person. <laughs> yeah, I love that. When you feel less stress, you express more happiness. 